Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Father, we love you, Lord, and we just, just thank you for the, for this day, Lord, because this is the day that you have made, and we will continue to rejoice and be glad in it. Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters who have, have woken up, they've they rubbed the crust out their eyes, and they, they, and they got ready to dig into your word, Father, and to glean new truths, and Father, we're just going to praise you and just be expectant, Father, for, for a word from you, Father. I pray, Lord, there be it be your words that are heard and not mine, Father, that I would fade to the background and, and your Holy Spirit will be at the forefront. So, Father, be with us. Continue to bless us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. All right, let's give it a good stretch. And then Leviticus 26, and I am reading from the New King James Version. You shall not make idols for yourselves, neither a carved image nor a sacred pillar shall you rear up for yourselves, nor shall you set up an engraved stone in your land to bow down to it, for I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary, I am the Lord. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, then I will give you rain in its season. The land shall yield its produce, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your, thresh, your threshing shall last till the time of vintage, and the vintage shall last till the time of sowing. You shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. I will give peace in the land, and you shall lie down, and none will, be, will make you afraid. I will rid the land of evil beasts, and the sword will not go through your land. You will chase your enemies, and they shall fall by the sword before you. Five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight. Your enemies shall fall by the sword before you. <clears throat> For I will look on you favorably and make you fruitful, multiply you, and confirm my covenant with you. You shall eat the old harvest and clear up the old because of the new. I will set my tabernacle among you, and my soul shall, abhor, shall not abhor you. I will walk among you and be your God, and you shall be my people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, that you should not be their slaves. I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you walk upright. But if you do not obey me and do not observe all these commandments, and if you despise my statutes, or if your soul abhors my judgments, so that you do not perform all my commandments, but break my covenant, I will do this to you. I will not. I will even appoint terror over you, wasting disease and fever, which shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart. And you shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. I will set my face against you, and you shall be defeated by your enemies. Those who hate you shall reign over you, and you shall flee when no one pursues you. And after all this, if you do not obey me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. I will break the pride of your power. I will make your, your heavens like iron and your earth like bronze, and your strength shall be spent in vain. For your land shall not yield its produce, nor shall the trees of the land yield their fruit. Then, if you walk contrary to me and are not willing to obey me, I will bring on you seven times more plagues according to your sins. I will also send wild beasts among you, which shall rob you of your children, destroy your livestock, and make you few in number. And your highway shall be desolate. 
And if by these things you were not reformed by me, but walk contrary to me, then I, will, then I also will walk contrary to you, and I will punish you yet seven times for your sins. And I will bring a sword against you that will execute the vengeance of the covenant. When you are gathered together within your cities, I will send pestilence among you, and you shall be delivered into the hand of the enemy. When I have cut off your supply of bread, ten women shall bake your bread in one oven, and they shall bring back your bread by weight, and you shall eat and not be satisfied. And after all this, if you do not obey me, but walk contrary to me, then I also will walk contrary to you in fury. And I, even I, will chastise you seven times for your sins. You shall eat the flesh of your sons, and you shall eat the flesh of your daughters. I will destroy your high places, cut down your incense altars, and cast your carcasses on the lifeless forms of your idols, and my soul shall abhor you. I will lay your cities waste and bring your sanctuaries to desolation, and I will not smell the fragrance of your sweet aromas. I will bring the land to desolation, and your enemies who dwell in it shall be astonished at it. I will scatter you among the nations and draw out a sword after you. Your land shall be desolate and your cities waste. Then the land shall enjoy its Sabbath as long as it lies desolate and you are in your enemy's land. Then the land shall rest and enjoy its Sabbaths. As long as it lies desolate, it shall rest. For the time I did not rest on your Sabbaths when you dwelt in it. And as for those who are left, I will send faintness into their hearts, into, in the lands of their enemies. The sound of a shaken leaf shall cause them to flee. They shall flee as though fleeing from a sword, and they shall fall when no one pursues. They shall stumble over one another, as it were before a sword when no one pursues. And you shall have no power to stand before your enemies. You shall perish among the nations, and the land of your enemies shall eat you up. And those of you who are left shall waste away in their iniquity in their enemies' lands. Also in their father's iniquities, which are with them, they shall waste away. But if they confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers with their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me, and that they also have walked contrary to me, and that I, and that I also have walked contrary to them, and I brought them into the land of the enemies, if their uncircumcised hearts are humbled and they accept their guilt, then I will remember my covenant with Jacob and my covenant with Isaac. And my covenant with Abraham, I will remember. I will remember the land. The land also shall be left empty by them and will enjoy its Sabbaths while it lies desolate without them. They will accept their guilt because they despise my judgments and because their soul abhorred my statutes. Yet for all that, when they are in the land of their enemies, I will not cast them away, nor shall I abhor them, abhor them to utterly destroy them and break my covenant with them. For I am the Lord their God. But for their sake, I will remember their covenant with their ancestors whom I brought out of the land of Egypt in the sight of the nations, that I might be their God. I am the Lord. These are the statutes and judgments and laws which the Lord made between himself and the children of Israel on Mount Sinai by the hand of Moses. Amen. Amen. Come on. So there was a whole lot there, right? A whole lot to unpack. Um, so th this is this is a great chapter um, because it, it promises blessings to an obedient Israel and curses to a disobedient Israel. But be before the blessings and, and curses are proclaimed, God reminds Israel of the foundational law that Yahweh, the Lord, the God of Israel, that he alone must be worshipped. He alone must be worshipped. Um, it says in verse two, you shall keep my Sabbath and reverse and, and, and revere my sanctuary. 
practically speaking, and an, an important part of the way Israel honored God was by observing the Sabbath and regarding God's sanctuary with reverence. We talked about the Sabbath yesterday and the importance of the Sabbath, right? And not just the the, the weekly Sabbath, but the yearly Sabbath. You know, every 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 after every six years, the seventh year, the Sabbath year for the for the land. Um, God was determined to reveal Himself to the world through Israel, either by making them so blessed that the world would know only God could have blessed them, or by by making them so cursed that only God could have cursed them and yet caused them to still survive. Right, cause them to still survive because hindsight being twenty twenty, and we can see the the history of of Israel, you know, from the ancient times, you know, all the way through today, we can see the the the, the horrible atrocities that have been that have been done to to the Jewish people, right? But they're still around, they're still here. So while God may have have cursed them or and, and allowed things to happen because of their sin. He never allowed them to be destroyed. But the choice has all ultimately always been up to Israel, right? It's verse eight, it says, five of you shall, shall chase a hundred and a hundred of you shall put 10,000 to flight. This, this, is, this is showing divine blessing. Right. This is a this this is a, a remarkable promise that that has a has a very supernatural element. Um uh the ratio of five to one hundred is 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 one defeating twenty, right? One person against twenty. And the ratio of one hundred to ten thousand is one defeating a hundred people, right? That's the amount of blessings that God wants to give them, right? That just one person could defeat a hundred people. And there's examples of this in the Bible, right? And Gideon, he had his 300 warriors who defeated 135,000 Midianites. 300 destroyed 135,000 because of God's supernatural blessing. Jonathan and his armor bearer, he defeated the, uh, the Philistine army, just the two of them, right? Two dudes defeated an entire Philistine army. In in 2 Kings 7, God sent the just the sound of a mighty army, right, to defeat the Sumerian army. And these Sumerians, you know, they had a, they had their whole camp set up. They were ready to go to battle, but they heard another army coming. They, they just heard it and they fleed. They took off. And the story goes on to say that four lepers came into the camp and it was the camp was still set up. They were they were so afraid that they just dropped everything and ran. That is supernatural blessings. That is supernatural provisions that God did for the children of Israel. And the, the best promises are safe for last. Verse 12 says, I will walk among you and be your God and you shall be my people. If not for, 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 for God being amongst his people, for him being their God, all the material blessings would be empty, right? You can be blessed. And we see it all the time. People who have everything, they're rich. They have all the money in the world. They have all the all the, 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 the material blessings. Yeah, but inside they don't have God. And they're lost and they're hurting. And a lot of them take their own lives because all the material blessings mean nothing if you do not have God in your life. All the success, all the accolades, you know, you have 
everything. But if you do not have the Lord in your life, it means nothing. When Israel walked after the Lord, the blessings were real. One example is, is, is the story in 1 Kings when the Queen of Sheba uh, came to Solomon and saw that the, how blessed Israel was, how rich Israel was, that she knew it could have only been from God. It could only be God. People will come to know God simply because they see the blessings in your life. When they just see what God has done for you. And when you're open to say, this ain't me. I didn't do all this. It was God. And I would argue everyone on this call right now, everyone listening later on in the podcast or, or on the blog, if you look back on your life, you can see supernatural blessings that are in your life that cannot be explained. Cannot be explained. And you can try to rationalize it and make it make sense, right? And you can say, well, it's because of this and, you know, and, and do the math, you know, and try to count, you know, try to figure it out. But in the end, it makes no sense because God was in the middle of it. God dropped the blessings. And that's what he was trying to tell the people. Like, if you live with me, if you obey my statutes, obey my commands, right? If you live in relationship with me, you will be blessed. Verse 13 says, I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you walk upright. This, this speaks of freedom and dignity. This passage, it almost feels like a New Testament passage where God proclaiming liberty for his people and invites them to walk in liberty, right? God is saying, I have saved you. I took you out of Egypt. Remember, Leviticus, they're still there. When the Leviticus was, was being written and Moses was, was receiving all these commandments, they were still sitting at, at Mount Sinai. They just left Egypt, right? They just left Egypt. And God's saying, I took you out of that. He's telling someone here today, I took you out of bondage. I took you out of slavery. I removed the shackles off your, off your life. Now, continue to walk in my statutes and you never have to go back there. You never have to deal with that. You can up, walk upright in freedom and liberty because I am your God and I go before you. Amen. That is a promise for someone right now who feel, who you may feel that you are still in bondage. Yes, you love the Lord. Yes, you're faithful to the church. Yes, 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 yes. But sometimes we still feel like we're in bondage. We still feel sin on our lives. We still feel that everything is coming against us. But my brothers and sisters, we have a promise right here that if you have God in your life, you can walk upright in freedom and liberty. Amen. Here in a couple of weeks, we have our freedom conference. And so for those of you who are in freedom right now, come on, get ready. Whatever chains have not been dropped off of you, get ready. Get ready. It's about to go down. And if you have not been through freedom again, I want to encourage you when the next semester of freedom comes up, sign up. Be the first one in line to sign up, to scan that QR code or however we're going to have signups and sign up for freedom because God wants you to walk in freedom and liberty. He doesn't want you to walk around like a slave, downtrodden and beat down. He wants you to walk because you are a child of God. Amen. Whew. 
I'm getting fired up, Nicole. Woo, Patrick, let's go. Come on. Verse 14 is when I, now we're going to get, it's going to get a little, little bit hard because it talks about if you do not obey me, 14. Now it's like, okay, you see all the blessings, right? Now let's talk about what's going to happen if you don't obey. Verse 16, I will appoint terror over you. God promised to bring terror over a disobedient Israel, that they will be, be afflicted with wasting disease and fever because God will set his face against them. They would be defeated in battle. They would be so confused that, and afraid that they would, according to verse 17, flee when no one pursues. Flee when no one pursues. That sounds like, you know, the army in Second Kings, that the sound of an army made them run. Now, God's saying that that's going to happen to you if you do not obey my commands. And so, so this whole next section is, is arranged to give the sense that God would multiply curse after curse if Israel continued their stubborn disobedience. He would punish them seven times more for their sins. The core prophecy, so, so, so Israel was going to, God knows everything, right? And so he knows that they're going to sin. And the problem with chronic continued disobedience is pride in one's own power to overcome sin. And this pride must be broken because it was the same sin. The children of Israel, they were doing the same thing. They were going after idols. They were just not living right. They were forgetting about God. And so when we're when any one of us is in continual disobedience, continually disobeying God, there's a consequence. There's a consequence. Verse 20, your strength shall be spent in vain. A disobedient and a cursed Israel would not know the benefit and fruit of their own work. There's their their strength would bring no reward. They would do all the necessary work for, for farming but there will be little produce from the land or fruit from their trees. Little produce, no fruit from their trees. They would work and they would work in vain and nothing was going to come of it. Nothing was going to come of it. Verse 21, I will bring on you seven times more plagues. See, as, as, as Israel continued in their disobedience, God will multiply their plagues and their sorrows. According to their sins and, and the, the, the word for plagues, um, uh, punishment is more of a more accurate word here in this text. So he would multiply the punishment that's going to be upon them. 22, I will also send wild beasts among you. God, God promises send animals to, to roam amongst the people. And they would they would cause destruction and and their, their families would be affected. Second Kings 17.25 says, and it was so at the beginning of their dwelling there that they did not fear the Lord. Therefore, the Lord sent lions among them, which killed some of them. So that's in Second Kings. We're in Leviticus right now. And so he says, this is going to happen. And a few books later, we see in 2 Kings, it's happening. I told you what's going to happen. Obey me. Listen to me. Follow my commands. It's like God is shouting through from, the, from the rooftops, like, just obey me. And I will bless you. But if you disobey me, there's going to be a curse. And, and a few books later, we're seeing the curse. We're seeing what happens because of their decisions. 
if Israel did did respond with humility and repentance and respond to the curses, then God would would regard it as as them being reformed to Himself, them coming back to Him. But if they did not allow these terrible things to change them, more bad would come, because Israel, like us, was very very stubborn. Israel, like us, felt like they knew better, right? They felt like they knew better that 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 you know God couldn't tell them anything, you know. And that was a lie. They believed this lie from, from the enemy. I will bring sword against you. I will send pestilence. Verse 26 says, 10 women shall bake your bread in one oven. Right? And what's that telling us? That's telling us that the disasters that are going to be sent by God are going to continue. They're going to multiply. The famine would be so severe that 10 women would share one oven because there was so little. So little for that for them um, that they didn't need multiple ovens, right? They were just going to do everything in one oven. There wouldn't be enough food for them to be satisfied. Ezekiel four, beginning with verse sixteen, says, "Son of man, surely I will cut off the supply of bread in Jerusalem. They shall eat bread by weight and with anxiety, and shall drink water by measure and with dread." that they may lack bread and water and be dismayed on one another and waste away because of their iniquity. God's promises is that if you do not obey, this is going to happen to you. It's really simple. I will chastise you seven times for your sins. Verse 28. God did not say he would forsake Israel. That's a key. He's not going to forsake Israel, only that, only that they would be cursed. And again, these, these, these curses became a tragic story for Israel. Defeat, poverty, exile, desolation, disease have been so have, have been a huge part of, of the history of Israel. Now, there's a symmetry between the blessings and the curses. All right. In verses four, four, five, and ten, fertile land. But in 16, 19, 20, and 26, unproductive land. Live in safety, verse 5. Live in a foreign land, verse 33. Verse 6, savage beasts would be removed. Verse 22, beasts will devour you. The sword removed, verse 6. The sword would, would, would be an avenger against them, verse 25. Verse 7, victory over your enemies. Verse 17 and 20 and 25, defeat by your enemies. Finally, verse 9, favor from God. But in verse 17, God's disfavor. We can see both sides. If you if you live according to my statute, you live with me, here's the blessings. But if you don't, here are the curses. Verse 29 says, and it gets real gruesome here. You shall eat the flesh of your sons. He, he, God promised that the famine would be so severe that they would, would, they would resort to eating their sons and daughters, right? And this was actually fulfilled in 2 Kings 6, uh, 26 through 29. And the, the, the Jewish historian Josephus talks about it in his writings. In 70 AD, when the Romans surrounded Jerusalem, Right. And there was there. So so um, as a lot of, you know, we, we just had a trip to Israel. And so we were in these places. Right. And, and 
our guide was telling us about um, the writings and, and the witness accounts of people during the, the siege of Jerusalem in 70 AD when they were when the Romans came and they, they surrounded Jerusalem, they destroyed the temple, you know, and then there was there was uh, pockets of rebellion everywhere that the, the Romans were trying to destroy and trying to defeat these these were uh, rebels. But actual accounts, not biblical accounts. You know, because it's a, it's real easy for us to say well, for 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 people who don't believe in God, in the Bible to say like, well, that's just the Bible, that's just a story, that's not true. Okay, well, here is a, a reputable historian, right? Not a Christian historian, giving examples of what happened, and there's examples of 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 people, women, killing their kids and eating them so they could survive. This is this is a fulfillment of what God said. If you do not obey me, you will eat the flesh of your children. It's gruesome. It's hard, right? A lot of a lot of us have a hard time reading this kind of stuff. I'm like, what kind of God will would allow that? God didn't allow that. God said, "What's going to happen if you do not?" God didn't say, "You know what? Go ahead, and eat your kids. It's cool." No. He said, if you disobey me, this is what's going to happen. Famine, I'm not going to bless you. God cannot bless disobedience, brothers and sisters. As much as you want to believe that just because I believe that there is a Jesus, I believe that there is a God, I'm still going to live however I want to live. But because I'm, quote, a Christian, God's just going to bless me. No, that is so far from the truth. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And brothers and sisters, do not believe that lie. Because I'll tell you what, even the demons believe in God. Even Satan believes in God. But I don't believe God's blessing them either. You have to live right. You have to live in relationship with Jesus Christ. You cannot expect blessings when you're living in a disobedient lifestyle, brothers and sisters. I'm sorry. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, okay? Right? And if you don't like what I got to say, then you can email Pastor Brennan, brennan.wilson at fusionchurch.cc and say, like, I, didn't, I don't agree with what Pastor Jason said. That's fine. But I'm telling you, if you want to live a blessed life, you have to do your part. You have to live for God. You have to obey his statutes. You have to. Because if you don't, there's going to be a curse upon you. As we begin to close, Galatians 6 verse 7 demonstrates that we're, we're under the same principle today of blessings and curses. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he, he will also reap. Paul's, you know, essentially, Paul, he said that we may fool ourselves by expecting much while we're still sowing little, but we cannot fool God. We can fool ourselves, but we cannot fool God. Galatians 3 makes it also makes it very clear that that Jesus, the curse that 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 you know uh, God was talking about when he gave the law to Moses, that curse. Jesus received this curse upon himself as he hung on the cross. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Deuteronomy 21 verse 23. 
hanging on a tree by that. It was, it brought a curse and Jesus took the curse upon himself. Jesus bore the curse so that we might, so that we might bear the blessings of Abraham, the blessings of, uh, of righteousness, the blessings of a life of faith. But those, but those blessings, brothers and sisters, only come to those who are living in Christ Jesus. We can only, we're only promised blessings if we live in Christ Jesus under this new covenant, the new law that, 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 that Jesus came. We are blessed, not because of our, our obedience, but because, again, we are in Christ Jesus. There, there, there's no more curse for us because God, from God, because all the curses was born by Jesus. He took it upon himself. So when God looks upon us, he doesn't see us as being sinful creatures. He sees his son who took the curse and took sin upon himself. Now, now this doesn't deny the discipline of God, but the, but the correction of a loving parent that is good and desirable. Those of us who are parents, and even if you're not, y'all had parents, or you had some kind of authority figure, right? And what happened? Here are the rules. If you obey them, you cool. If you disobey them, there's going to be consequences and repercussions, right? Right? Consequences and repercussions. My son, who's an amazing son, right? I have an, I have an amazing son, right? And I can, I can probably count on one hand the amount of times where... Um, there had to be uh, dug further consequences and um, more extreme repercussions. You know what I'm saying? Right? Why? Because we instilled in him what the rules were. We instilled in him what we expect of him. Right? Told my son, you are Hernandez. This is how you will act. This is not how you will act. And if you do one or the other, there's going to be things you're going to have to deal with. Right? And Thank praise the Lord. He's one of he's he, he's a type of, of child that he actually listened. He tested the bounds a little bit, you know what I'm saying? He tested a little bit, but he actually listened. And God is doing the same thing. God did the same thing here. Here are my rules. I am your God. I brought you out of the land of, of, of Egypt. I pulled you out of slavery. I want to be your God. I want you to be my people. I have chosen you. God has chosen you over any other people. Here are my statutes. Obey my statutes and you're blessed. Disobey my statutes, you will be cursed. And now it was up to them to make a choice. It was up to Israel to make a choice what they were going to do, how they were going to live. Brothers and sisters, what choice are you going to make today? What choice are you going to make as far as how to live? Are you going to live for yourself or are you going to live for Jesus Christ? Are you going to live for yourself or are you going to obey his commandments? Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, being obedient to the Lord, while not always easy, not always easy, brings so much more blessings. Because now you know, no matter where you're going, no matter what you're going through, no matter where you're walking, Christ is with you. He goes before you. He leads you. And that's a promise we have.
as believers that people who don't believe, they don't have that promise. And we can see them living under the curse. Don't live under the curse, brothers and sisters. Live for the blessings. Live for Christ Jesus. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that is a decision that you will not regret. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We just thank you for your word, Lord God. We thank you, Father, even for the blessings and the curses, Lord God. Not that we are looking forward to the curses, but Father, we, we have promises to know what our life can look like if we do not obey you. What our life can look like when we try to live for ourselves, Father. So, Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters right now on this call, those listening later on in the podcast or on the blog, Father, that, that they remember your blessings, Father. And they will continue to pursue you, that they would seek you first, Father, and your righteousness. And all these things that they want will be added unto them. So, Father, we praise you for what you're doing. Continue to bless us. Father, continue to reveal new things to us. Continue to take the, for, for, for your scriptures, Father, just to, to be, uh, that the light will come upon them. And, and we will have new understanding of who you are and who you want to be for us. Father, we praise you for what you're doing, and we thank you. In Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Ooh. This was a good one, guys. I love you all, and I will see you again next week. God bless.